It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com. Fast-paced, white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today and do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And Dirk, uh, with all the rain that we've had, it is the perfect time to be inside and sheltered from all the moisture on the uh, concrete, on the dirt. Uh, but you can always get uh, good, clean racing. And I just saw from our friends at... Joe's carting. I got to pull that post back up again. So it's going to take me a minute, but they are doing a new type of racetrack and they're calling it the tricky triangle. Did you see that post? Yeah. Sounds like they're trying to make a little imitation of Pocono or something. And, you know, just trying something different, you know, after a couple of years, you know, uh, the new stuff kind of gets old. So. Well, they're, they're saying it's inspiration. Let's see. The tricky triangle gets its inspiration from NASCAR's Darlington Speedway, the track too tough to tame, and NASCAR's Pocono Speedway. It's much wider, longer, and easier to drive, and a new era for the slide jobs and crossovers. They'll be running the tricky triangle the second Tuesday of May, which actually, now that I noticed that, the post was from April 12th. I'm way behind. Uh, Let's see. Second week of June, and then the third Tuesday of July, which is going to be just before the silver dollar nationals. So I will, well, then it, then they're probably going to put the PVC on the rear tire and, and all that kind of stuff to make it, you know, the slick track type type of racing too. So yep. me personally, I don't see any connection between Darlington and Pocono none whatsoever. Well, I, so. I want to just look at one of the pictures that it looks more like an egg than a triangle. Well, and in a, in a very small oddball type type of egg is what Darlington looks like, mm-hmm. or uh, the race coming up uh, after the six hundred for Cup. It it's a lot like Gateway. Gateway Gateway is kind of like a flat Darlington. One end is bigger than the other. Yeah, yeah. The pictures on Facebook are interesting. I'm intrigued. I'm gonna have to get down there. Uh, let's see. I got second. Tuesday of June. So I got that penciled in to come in here in a couple of weeks. Looks like that's going to be June 14th. So uh, just right around Father's Day weekend, right? I think that's the weekend before. Uh, correct. All right. Joining us on the podcast now, driver of the number 52 truck series truck. <laughs> I always hate the way I lean into that. Stuart Friesen joining us on the show now. Thanks a lot for joining us, Stuart. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Stuart, your uh, PR guy reached out to us and said uh, you've maybe got a big announcement. You uh, could be racing over at Knoxville in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll be there with the uh, Camping World Truck Series. Uh, excited to get back to Knoxville and, uh, you know, and looking forward to uh, hopefully doing a little better than we did there last year. Yeah, talk a little bit about that race. It was the first time the Camping World Truck Series had raced at Knoxville. Um, and actually, to my knowledge, first time a NASCAR Series race had raced at Knoxville. But uh, talk a little bit about how that day went. I, I think it was a little bit wet and rushed. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a little wild. We had some had some weather come through the area. You know, the track was 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 pretty tacky. You know, the the race was exciting. I mean, we had our had practiced uh, earlier, and then you know went through heat races and into a, a pretty wild feature. Uh, it got it got pretty bump and grind. So hopefully, it's a little bit of a cleaner race this year. I, I'm anticipating that it will be. 
And, um, you know, with the changes that NASCAR has made to the, the tires and, and the trucks and stuff like that, um, I, I think they'll be able to prep the track a little bit more aggressively too. So uh, look forward to getting back. Uh, you know, our, our HFR 52 TRD Pro, we're, we're looking forward to getting that tuned up a little bit better than we had it last year and hopefully come out of there uh, there with a win, you know, at a, at a real, you know, special, special place to uh, all the dirt track racers. It's, it's an honor to be able to race at Knoxville and, and, and uh, looking forward to getting back. Well, it's, it's definitely a different experience running that big, heavy truck at Knoxville than it is at Eldora, because Knoxville is so flat. Right, right. It, it definitely is. And, it, and you know, the, the two services are, are very different. So um, Eldora would get, you know, polished off and really slick, and we'd, we'd really slide around where, you know, there's a little bit more grip and a little bit more abrasion at Knoxville. So, um, you know, that kind of led to the, the rubbered up condition we had at the end of the race last year. So uh, hopefully we don't have that this year. And and, uh, and the race stays a little bit cleaner to the end. Yeah, that, that finish, uh, that was one of the best demo derbies I think I've ever seen. Yeah, you're not kidding. Uh, and being part of that was was really not a lot of fun. Some of the guys just got a little over their heads. So, um, you know, that being said, uh, you know, like I said, hopefully we can have our, our Helmar TRD Pro tuned up a little bit better so we're, we're ahead, of the, ahead of the mess and, and can stay clear of that uh, if it does happen. Knoxville's... Um, Knoxville is probably known as one of the best tracks in the country for prep. Uh, but mm-hmm. like Dirk had just mentioned, uh, having those big heavy trucks on there was something that Knoxville had never experienced before. Uh, do you know if the track had reached out to anybody else about how to kind of work on that track a little bit, or, or maybe even reached out to you guys? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't talked to anybody there yet, but you know, um, you know, most track prep guys are, are artists and, and take a good pride in their game. So, you know, I know they, they saw what they went through last year and the changes in the track and, and, you know, how aggressive they can get, you know, with, with the prep. And um, I'm sure the, I'm sure it'll be better this year. I mean, uh, that's what I mean. That Knoxville is one of the best countries in the, in the, or one of the best tracks in the country for a reason. Um, And and I'm sure it'll be better this time around. Um, You're working with Trip Bruce, correct? I am. He is, he is our, uh, our GM at, uh, at Hellmark Freezing Racing. Oh, okay. So he's not on the box anymore. He was on the box. Um, he was, he, yeah, he was our crew chief for a while. Um, you know, when we kind of started our own organization here a couple of years ago, um, you know, we, he's moved more of a, a general manager, uh, role. He does an awesome job. You know, still, still very involved with, with all the setup and, 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 and all the, all aspects of the team. Um, but he'll actually be, uh, be there at Knoxville and then he'll be calling the race, uh, for my wife who's driving the, the 62 truck for us that weekend. Oh, so he will be on a box, just not your box. Yes, correct. Correct. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about uh, last weekend's race or the last race you guys were at in Texas. Uh, had a pretty good weekend. Picked up the uh, the first win in the season for the fifty two truck. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've had we've had speed at Texas before, and you know it was just key. Um, you know, and we're in the middle of a, a long stretch right now. It was it was just key and very timely to to get a win, get ourselves locked in the playoffs, and then be able to uh, you know really be on attack mode. Uh, throughout the rest of this this eight week stretch we're on, and then you know going into the the summer months as well. Um, being a, a dirt track guy, do you enjoy the mile and a half in bigger tracks, or, or do you prefer the small stuff? Uh, you know what, I, I like all of them. It's it's been a blessing uh, at this stage of my career to to be in the truck series and compete at, at this level. And you know, all the tracks are unique and a lot of fun. I really do enjoy the mile and a half. Uh, I enjoy the speed. I enjoy you know kind of the the 
the aero balances that you fight and, and you know, chasing that clean air. It, it's a lot like sprint car racing, you know, trying to keep your wing in clean air, clean air. We're trying to keep you know, our nose in clean air and keep that splitter loaded up and, and keep the air going down the right side of the truck for side force. So I, I enjoy that part of it. And, and we, we've had some success at the mile and a half. And to finally get a win was, was really special for us. The, uh, you've also got with, uh, with your schedule and with the uh, super modified racing that you do, uh, you're one of the lucky guys that gets to drive. Uh, you still got mile one mile dirt tracks on your schedule, don't you? Uh, we used to. We don't anymore, sadly. We uh, we used to run our you know our big block Northeast Modifieds at uh, the Syracuse Fairgrounds. Had a couple wins there, but uh, that track went uh, by the wayside uh, a few years ago. So. Um, I was really fortunate to have a couple wins there with, with a big block modified, like I said, and then also got to run a silver crown car there a couple times, which was really, really cool and, and uh, definitely a highlight of my career. So um, the big fast stuff is, is pretty similar to, uh, you know, the mile and a half truck stuff and, and it's uh, it's neat to do. Yeah. I used to enjoy watching, you know, barefoot Bob and, and some of the guys that Absolutely. in that racing up there. And yeah. Uh, yep. um, I know they've still got some, uh, ARCA does some one-mile stuff, I think, at DeCoin in Illinois, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't know if you guys will ever get over that far. They they do. Um, never say never. I, I You know, nothing on the schedule right now for that, but um, like I said, never say never. I definitely jump at jump at the opportunity to uh, get on any miles track, uh, dirt track again, for sure. We're talking with Stuart's Friesen, driver of the 52 in the truck series. Uh, once again, you kind of talked about it, you're – the team leading up to Texas uh, had some outside the top 10 finishes, but consistent finishes. Were you surprised mm-hmm. when the Texas win came around or did you feel like you guys were primed for it? No, I felt like we were, we were chomping at the bit for a win. You know, we've had really fast uh, TRD pros here the past, past year or so. Um, you know, we, we just haven't been able to execute a whole race rather, you know, if I made a mistake or, or, you know, we made a mistake the last two races, you know, we, we had really fast stuff and, got to the top five and then, you know, had bad set of tires. We made a bad adjustment at, at uh, Kansas the week before. So um, I knew if we could just execute a whole race, we'd, we'd be solid and uh, went to Texas and, you know, had a meeting going into that and, and, and talked to all the guys and we got all on the same page and, and uh, it was really cool to go out there and just execute the whole day and, you know, time practice, good time trial, good, and then have a really strong race. So um, hopefully uh, it, it's a sign of things to come. You've got three road courses lined up before you hit the dirt at Knoxville. Are you a fan of the road courses? I, I am actually. It's it's nothing that I grew up doing. It's definitely out of my wheelhouse. That being said, I've been able to do it the past few years and, and get a lot better at it. We've built uh, a brand new road course truck this year that we ran at Coda uh, a month or so ago that was really strong. So um, we'll run that. Uh, at Sonoma in a couple weeks and then uh, at mid Ohio later in this uh, season as well. So it's uh, it's definitely a different aspect of the sport, but uh, it's something I've embraced and, and uh, have a lot of fun doing. With getting into the road courses, did you go to the, one of the many driving schools that are out there? I did. I did um, uh, a little bit of a, a class with, uh, with Chris cook at, at Bondron um, out in uh, outside Phoenix uh, last December, a year ago, December. That was, that was really cool. And, um, you know, just, just picked up some technique, you know, when we were with Chevrolet a couple of years ago, I was able to spend some time with Ron fellows and, um, do a track day up at Mossport, uh, driving into, uh, Corvette Z06, which was really, really fun. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's very aggressive. It's, it's a lot more, uh, aggressive than I thought it would be. Um, and those guys, you know, they tell you just to, uh, attack every corner, use all the pavement, 
And, uh, you know, as long as you stay on course, you usually have a pretty good day, but, um, you know, being on the attack and, and, and using all the, all the racetrack service that's available is, uh, you know, something I've learned, uh, over the past couple of years. With, uh, obviously, you know, the aura around Knoxville, uh, with the truck series coming there, there's, there's a little bit of, uh, something still to be built to, to start to compete with the 410 nationals, but still, when you go to that track, I mean, it's, there's something about it. And do you get that special feeling like when you pull down the highway and all of a sudden there's Knoxville Raceway? Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, you know, being growing up in dirt racing and, and uh, knowing all about it, you know, my wife, Jess has been a part of the Knoxville nationals a couple of years, you know, years ago, she was able to run the 360 and the 410 there. And uh, you know, finally getting the chance myself to race there, you know, albeit in, in the camping world truck series um, it, it's very special. It's special for the series to, compete at a historical venue like that. Uh, it was really cool last year to, to tour the hall of fame and, and the grounds and the facility. Uh, there's, there's a picture of Jess in the hall of fame that was pretty cool that, that, you know, my son Parker got a kick out of, you know, being a, a woman in, in sprint car racing. Uh, she was part of that, that display. So, uh, really cool. And, and, you know, definitely glad we're going back. It's, it's a shot in the arm, uh, you know, for the camping world truck series to, uh, to definitely to, to be at Knoxville and have that part of our schedule. Well, you'll see Stuart Friesen as a part of the 52 team on July 9th at Knoxville Raceway. Uh, Stuart, before we let you go, make sure to thank some of them great sponsors that helped you get that 52 truck up and down the road. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Hal Martin International has been a big part of our, uh, our our truck program and my racing. You know, the past few years, uh, everybody at TRD, we have a whole host of uh, product sponsors um, that we couldn't do this without. You know, KW Speed Moonshine is a big supporter of ours and um, you know, we, we appreciate all the support. We appreciate all the support from, from all the fans across the country that we've been able to meet and, uh, all our dirt modified fans in the Northeast as well. Fantastic. Well, Go ahead. Dirt. I'm planning on being over there in a couple of weeks. So, uh, I'll have to, uh, make a trip down there in the infield and say hello. Absolutely. All right, man. Best of luck when we, when you're down there at Knoxville and uh, good luck rest of the season. Thanks for your time. Okay. Thanks boys. We'll see Thank you. you. All right, that's going to do it for us in turn number one. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back in turn number two. We're going to get you set for the weekend of racing to come. Big thanks to Stuart Friesen for taking time out of his day to talk with us. We'll be right back on the front stretch. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are kids night. Tuesdays are all you can eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, brought to you by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Now with lower prices, Quaker Steak and Lube uh, posted on their Facebook page just last week that they were able to lower the prices of their wings. Go to Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs. 
good to hear some of the prices dropping there at Quaker Steak and Lube. Hopefully that's a trend that can continue. All uh, around the country, everywhere, every restaurant, every gas station, everywhere. <laughs> I'm, God, honest, I'm completely shocked that, that they did that. Like, <laughs> I mean, with the rising price of gas, the rising price of breathing, the rising price of this and that, it's, I mean, it. I can't believe they were able to lower the price, but they got to well, figure it out. So good on them. I'm just, I'm just surprised because it was just a month ago that they were destroying chickens and stuff because of this bird flu that was getting in some of these, at some of these chicken farms and stuff. So, yeah, I heard really something, I heard something a couple of days ago that between Iowa and Nebraska, they had to destroy over a million birds. Yeah. Well, I think it was at least that many. I mean, Bob Kroger, you know, was in the business, uh, you know, slaughtering uh, mm-hmm. animals. Let's put it that way. That's what he's doing. So he's always posting when that kind of stuff comes through. And, um, you know, I'm just hoping that uh, the chicken in the area will come down because uh, once I get this Tyson plant, I don't think it's up and running yet in Fremont. I could be wrong, but uh, um, I know there's a, a few chicken farmers that have got set up out there and, and got things rolling, but I don't know if that plant's rolling yet or not. Yeah. Well, uh, I now that I keep reading that about the cheaper wings at Quaker Steak and Lube, I, I got a hankering for some Arizona ranch wings. So I might send Sarah down there to go get some for tonight's dinner. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, news since last we talked, NASCAR or NBC Sports posted a article that NASCAR is going to work to avoid a repeat of the caution call at the end of the All-Star race. Uh, we talked a little bit about it. Scott Miller, NASCAR senior vice president of competition, said Sunday after the races, he said the race director looked up, not sure what he saw, but he immediately put the caution out. Wish we would not have done that. And that is a quote from him. Caused quite the debacle. If you want more information or our opinions on that, you can jump back to Tuesday's episode. Uh, you can find it on this street, on this uh, podcast service or just find it through Google. But um, then other officials Elton Sawyer, NASCAR vice president of officiating and tech inspection, said what happened on Sunday night with the late caution, that's on us. He said that's on the sanctioning body. We made that decision and we own it. He went on to say we're we're going to put additional provisionals in place this week where those things don't happen. I want our fans to be assured that when we get into Charlotte for this weekend's race, that we have addressed this and we're going to make sure those things don't happen again. And we're going to be, and we're, and we're going to be better for it. Did they actually, did they actually use the word provisionals? Yes. Great English folks, but yeah, that's not, not the the proper word. Uh, when asked when what would be done, the race director, uh, he quote says, the race director is filtering through that information to ultimately make a decision. As we go forward, what we're looking at is how do we get more voices involved in that process? There is not one person having, having to say, bam, put out the caution. And then, um, so basically what he's saying is they're going to put more people in charge of making that decision if they're putting the caution out. That's the absolute stupidest thing they could do because that's going to delay the decision. I think and you're in, in 90% of the spots, speed is, you know, the number one thing to make that decision right now as quickly as possible, not to delay it. Yeah. That's always been the good thing. This guy, whoever he is, he made a, a mistake by a half a second. 
and mm -hmm. they just should have just erased it and called the race and been done with it. I was hoping that's what they were saying by the provisional that if if that situation happens again, they just call the race. Raise that it's a, according to the rule book, it has to finish under green, but he was feet from green. Just just end the race. To me, as far as I'm concerned, they can make every race end like a green white checker. Once that white flag drops, if there's a caution, the race is over. Yeah. Why why is this one race. why does this one race have to end under green? If special rules should remain in have already started, we've had multiple conversations from the time we dropped the checkered flag on Sunday night to yesterday to even this morning. We continue to have that dialogue. Yeah, well, they're just over. Yeah. That's why they get the big bucks and they're all millionaires. Speaking of the all-star race, uh, let's see, 1.38 rating, according to Fox Sports 1. That's 2.481 million viewers for Sunday night's all-star race, down from 2.735. So down about 300,000 viewers from the race last year, which was in mid-June. By the way, 18 to 49 demographics, if it matters to you, 545,000 viewers. So the all-star race this year down just a uh, track. So, oh yeah, I heard were, when Texas had a back straightaway, was there that? I think they were about a buck eighty in seating when they had the back straightaway seats, which they've removed. So, man, that's a lot of seats. And There's they used to when I was there my first time in 1999. There was seat in yeah, the place. A lot of anything that it, that'll fit 180,000 people. Well, and and that's literally you know seated people. Plus, you had another. Probably twenty or thirty thousand in the infield. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good friend BJ McLeod. He's going to be picking up a new sponsor for Worldwide Technology Raceway. Blaster is going to be sponsoring him. Born and bred in Cleveland, Ohio, the heart of the Rust Belt. Blaster is a manufacturing of penetrants, lubricants, cleaners, solvents, rust removers, grease, and protectant for professionals and DIYers since nineteen fifty-seven. So look up Blaster. Uh, help those guys. Racing announced that Cole Custer is going to be sponsored by Chicken Cock Whiskey this, this weekend at, at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And I have had Chicken Cock Whiskey. It's pretty good stuff. I mean, it's, it's good. It's fine whiskey. It's nothing amazing. But uh, Chicken Cock Whiskey on the, uh, the car for Cole Custer this weekend. Now, since you sell that stuff, you have got to have the story about where the name came from. That's all I want to hear. Oh, it is actually one of my products that I sell. Uh, now, I haven't actually ever sold it myself, but my company does offer it. And I did know the story. It was on one of the library pubcasts. I don't remember the story behind it, though. I'm going to have to message my coworker who basically trained me and, and figure out the story behind it. But yeah, <laughs> there's got to be there's got to be a story behind that. Thing. You would hope. You would absolutely hope. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe that's the owner's last name. I don't know, but there's got to be a story there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, other news. I think that's about it. Have you heard anything locally we need to talk about? No, it sounds like uh, I-80 was happy with the Walker race and the Walkers yeah. were happy with the Walker race. Just and that's from my great. perspective. It was great racing. There was the modified race, the super late model race. And the sport modified race, you know, when the sport modified race wasn't under red, um, great races, awesome racing. I know again on Wednesday and uh, for our Thursday show, and since it's been raining for 
probably oh, a, take a guess. It's got to be getting close to 36 hours now. Yeah. Um, I don't know how saturated, you know, the tracks are going to be. Um, obviously, the Saturday night race would be a lot more likely than a Friday night race. Yep. But if they get to race Friday, they definitely saved a lot on the water bill. Absolutely. Well, let's transition into that. The weekend of racing to come Thursday night. No racing that I can find locally. Little Sunset Speedway was supposed to be racing. They announced earlier today they've canceled. And US 30 Speedway was supposed to be having Thursday night thunder. They announced just around on Wednesday night that, that they had canceled. So that's the Thursday night racing around here that I could find. Friday, still on as of the time we recorded, but not as of the time we published. Uh, Beatrice, Boone County Raceway in Albion, and then Crawford County Speedway are the three tracks that I can see locally that are supposed to be running. I'm probably missing a couple of them. And then Saturday night, Adams County Speedway, Park Jeff, Knoxville, and Eagle Raceway are all going to be racing. And the late models are going to be an East weekend, it looks like. Uh, they're going to be at Davenport Speedway on Friday. And I'm going to say this wrong. Makoita? I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. but M-A-Q-U-O-K-E-T-A. Yeah, I'm not sure how that one's pronounced. It's a track I haven't been to, one of a few. Yeah. Is that in Illinois or in Iowa? I'll look it up again. Uh, and then on Sunday, they're going to be at East Moline Speedway. So that's that's um, that's going to be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, East, Hoker Trucking East show. Yeah, I know East, Mal East Moline's in Illinois. I, I'm 99% sure. So that, uh, uh, It's in Iowa. What is East Moline? No, uh, the oh. track we can't pronounce. So I-80's off this week? Yeah, yeah, I-80 had uh, has uh, this has, uh, Friday off. Yeah, okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I just typed it into Google, Makokata. <laughs> I wasn't even close. Yeah, Makokata. I'm listening to it through my headphones. <laughs> okay, Makokata Speedway. I might have to edit all that out so we don't sound like idiots. <laughs> Uh, Friday, they're going to be at Davenport Speedway. Saturday, they're going to be at Maquoketa Speedway in Iowa. And then Sunday, they're going to be at East Moline Speedway in Illinois. Yes. So that's going to be a three-day Hoker Trucking East Series Tour. Anthony's going to be a busy boy, uh, you know, assuming they get to race. So far, it hasn't been the uh, been very good luck with the Hoker Trucking Series. Oh, uh, the, yeah. Or, well, him. really, the Super Late Model Series. He was losing it. I felt so when he kept showing up at Eagle on Saturday night, and I'm like, oh, buddy, you got rained out again. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he was literally, you know, if it would have got a couple more rainouts in there, he might have had to put on suicide watch. Yeah, we'd have had to put him on suicide watch. Absolutely. He's, Jesus, grimy Uh, And then, of course, Sunday. We talked about the uh, Cup Series race at Charlotte Motor Speedway Sunday night at 6 o'clock. It's the Coca-Cola 600. Uh, TV broadcast on Fox. It's going to be broadcast on PRN and Sirius XM. They're going to be doing practice and qualifying on Saturday. And the race results from this race last year, the Coca-Cola 600. Kyle Larson got the win after leading 327 of the 400 laps, Chase Elliott second, Kyle Busch third, William Byron fourth, Alex Bowman fifth, Austin Dillon, Denny Hamlin, Chris Buescher, Tyler Reddick, and Kevin Harvick round out your top 10. You know, honestly, it's a bunch of single digit um, laps led by every William Byron, who Chase Elliott, who 
and then Kyle Larson, who left 327. Yeah, and the all the other single lap led deals were probably during green flag pit stops as they yeah. rotated through type thing. Yeah. But, uh, I think they've got also up there in Charlotte for the weekend. I think they've got it. I know the Xfinity's running, and I'm pretty sure trucks are running also. And for some reason, I think I was reading in the article, and they said it was a four-race weekend, which means it would probably have an ARCA race there, I guess. Well, and I thought I saw somewhere. In this, it'd be great if I could remember where and what, but I thought the uh, dirt race, at, the dirt track at Charlotte was getting some racing this weekend. Oh yeah, they they like to do that at a lot of the tracks. You know, there was probably some some uh, dirt racing down in Texas here this last weekend too. I've been to been down there for races when there's a dirt track, or I mean, one time a bunch of us truck officials went to a World Outlaws race. You know, the weekend we were down there working because they had uh, you know like a Friday night race where we were running Saturday night, so we all went over there and watched them. And, mm-hmm. You know, some of the guys still couldn't figure it out. Why are they racing on the dirt? <laughs> October last year, we weren't on the oval track. We were on the Roval, which encompasses most of the road course and a couple of turns of the oval track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Kyle Larson won the race after leading eight laps. Tyler Reddick in second, Chris Buescher in third, Kyle Busch in fourth, Denny Hamlin top five. Matt DiBenedetto, Joey Logano, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, and Alex Bowman. Top 10 lap leaders, uh, William Byron in 11th, led the most laps with 30. Denny Hamlin led 25 laps. Kyle Busch led 20. It's kind of single. Kyle, uh, Ryan Blaney led 10 laps. AJ Allmendinger led five laps. Uh, but like I said, Kyle Larson led eight laps. Important one. Yeah, led the only one that matters. So that was the results last year. Once again, uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway, the Coca-Cola 600, the longest race on the NASCAR Cup Series circuit. Um, what do we go? Uh, 400 laps, 600 400, miles. 400 laps worth three points. Because it's got the extra stage put in it. Oh, are they still doing that? Yep, Pretty sure they are. I they changed it. That's right. Total insane. So Kyle Larson, by the way, record Kyle Larson won all he, he's entire race. Picked up the win. So. But it's a oh, new car. And by so. the way, he's a favorite to win this weekend. But. Okay. And that's about that. Well. Um, I had something in the back of my head, but right now I can't remember what it was because I was thinking about something earlier. But oh. uh, I do remember. Find it real quick. Give me one second. Because. I can fill in while you're doing that. Talk about a uh, streetcar nope. takeover at I-29 scheduled for June 4th has been moved to August 27th. Okay. So uh, Rose Sessman's arrangements. Um, the only thing I've seen so far was just the visitation. It says upcoming service. It says visitation is Thursday, May 26th from five to seven at Rotor Mortuary, the 108th Street Chapel, which is just a couple blocks south of Maple Street. But uh, I didn't see anything else. Okay. So I don't know if that's all they're having. Um, you know, if there's maybe just a, you know, a, f- a family service for the funeral. I-, I have no idea what's going on other than that visitation tomorrow night. So I know I am going to try and get up there. So okay. yeah, I did want to get that mentioned. Uh, thank you very much. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Big thanks to everybody who, 
uh, always tunes in and shares the front stretch podcast. You got any opinions, any thoughts, any comments, any, any feel free to message us. We'll listen to you. We'll talk to you. We should also say this, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to the, uh, children and the uh, people that were injured and killed in the Texas shooting earlier this week. Um, nothing more really needs to be said. It's all being said on social media and on the news. Um, latest I've seen 19 children and two adults now dead after the Texas school shooting. So yeah, uh, the, only, we just... the only thing I ran across today when, when, you know, reading some stuff on that was that, uh, the 19 kids were all from one classroom. Hmm. I read that in an article. And I mean, it sounds like he just walked, walked in, went to the first room and started squeezing the trigger. I mean, that's, that's, you know, it's not like any of these other mass shootings where they're kind of just shooting all over the place. Yes. This was like a concentrated deal. I mean, it, it's just too weird. That's sick. I, I just don't get it. It's just sick. 19 children now. Uh, All right. Why, why are you going to be a coward? You're only 18 years old, but at least be a man. If you're going to try and shoot people, at least go try and find some adults. Yeah. Oh my God. Why go shoot a bunch of kids? Yeah, I think we're going to struggle to understand this for a very, very long time. This and many other ones. That's going to do it for us today. Everybody have a safe and happy Memorial Day weekend. Uh, and please take some time if you don't uh, thank a military service member for serving and remember those that, that didn't come home. And what Monday is all about is paying tribute to those that paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country so we can have our freedoms. For Dirk Houston. Do, and if you do celebrate a little too much, get somebody to take you home. Call a cab, call an Uber, do whatever you got to do. Just get home safe. An Uber is a hell of a lot less expensive than a uh, night in jail. So be safe, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been The Front Stretch. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair, and we all know Christmas is just around the corner, so I've got a couple of ideas for you. If it's a youngster that's looking to stream, maybe do a little bit of gaming, maybe a young adult that's headed to college for the first time, or an older adult that's headed back for continuing education, I have two identical HP ProBook 640 G2 laptops. These are 14-inch screens, so they're not too big, they're going to fit perfect in a backpack, and they're really, really light. They've both been upgraded to the maximum amount of RAM which is 16 gigs and they both come with iCore 3 processors that max out at 2.3 gigahertz. These are awesome laptops. I'm really impressed with the way that they are running after the upgrades that I've done to them and they're available right now for just $450 each. Give me a call or shoot me a text message 402-659-5641. You can also email me at taylorcomputersandrepair.com. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information.